Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today I have a very, very, very important question for you. It's serious to think about. It may save your life. The question is, do you have coronavirus stress syndrome? Now, I know you're scratching your head and thinking, what? Well, actually, I created that. Um, but it is based upon, I'll tell you what it's based upon, um, you know, my years of education and so on, but I'll tell you specifically. But um, the reason why I'm asking you this is because people are going crazy. Maybe not in your neighborhood yet, um, but if you look on the Internet and listen to the news, watch television, listen to the radio, so on, you may hear stories. I've been doing that, doing a lot of research into this. And there are stories that just make you scratch your head and think, you know, well, it makes you scratch your head and think, are these people nuts? But it also makes you scratch your head and think, huh, maybe I should be doing that. Things like um, wearing a mask and gloves and so on. And going to, running to the store and buying um, tons and tons of products in case you have to be inside for the next uh, six months. Um, I do not recommend any of this. Uh, and I will tell you about my, the corona stress uh, syndrome test that I developed. But first let me tell you a little story. Um, I recently went on an airplane to, from California to Las Vegas. And it was to a meeting uh, a professional meeting. And when I got there, uh, half the people who were supposed to attend the meeting weren't there. They had just canceled a day or two before. Why? <laughs> because they were afraid to fly with the coronavirus flying around in the airplanes, or so they thought, mixing in crowds at the airports and so on. I mean, I'm not going to say that that isn't a potential risk of being in, in crowds as huge as are and is pushed tightly together as one finds in some airports, certainly in, uh, in LAX and in the Las Vegas airport. Yes, there were tons of crowds, and yes, we were all squished together. But, um, but you know, being uh, making changes in your life, deciding upon things that uh, really have negative impacts on, on you, such as not being at a professional meeting. I mean, you have to weigh things. I'm not saying to just purposely go out and stand in the middle of Times Square, for example, although that's out in the air. It's better than being in an airplane. But, um, but it is really bad to get to, to the panic state that a lot of people have gotten and to get to the state that I call coronavirus stress syndrome. Now, who am I to create, formulate this uh, syndrome, this 10 symptoms of the syndrome? Well, you know me as a psychiatrist and as a physician, uh, and also sometimes I talk about being a forensic psychiatrist. I talk about being an author. 
Um, I talk about some of my books being the terrorist therapist, et cetera, et cetera. I don't really, I haven't really talked very much about some part of my education, which was when I went to get a, after my medical, my MD degree, um, I got a master's in public health. And that was funded by NIMH. I received a fellowship from NIMH um, to do research at UCLA. And my topic that I chose was how to use the media to prevent and treat physical and mental disorders. Uh, I created various projects in which I, I did things like the seven signs of mental illness. My, the point of, of, the, of the dissertation or of uh, the research, NIMH research, was to show how the media can be used to help prevent and treat people with physical and mental disorders. And um, it was in the epidemiology department. So needless to say, all of this speaks to uh, coronavirus. And what I am going to be talking about that comes in part this coronavirus stress syndrome, a lot of it is fueled by the media, not in a helpful way, <laughs> you know, not in what was my research was determining that the, re- that the media can be an incredibly uh, useful resource to help prevent and treat various illnesses. But unfortunately, in regard to the coronavirus, the media is uh, a lot of sensationalism and a lot of miscommunication and a lot of um, misinformation and confusing ideas. In other words, we hear one set of rules or information from the World Health Organization who, by the way, um, got into this uh, too little too late, but they, um, you know, contribute their pieces of information according to them. Then the CDC um, provides their pieces of information, their advice. And then we have Dr. Anthony Fauci, who um, is the director of the National Institute of Allergies and Infectious Diseases, and he has yet again, or yet another, a third of you and recommendations in regard to the coronavirus. I remember Dr. Fauci from when I worked at um, Lifetime Medical Television as a host and a producer, and I would often call him to be an expert on shows that had to do with um, infections, anything infectious. And he was, he was great. He, would, he was always very willing to do things, and, um, and I have good memories of him. However, <laughs> recently, um, his comments about the coronavirus um, are really putting unnecessary fear into people and are at odds with what the CDC and uh, WHO are saying. Now, um, he has talked about it being possibly a pandemic, which, is, uh, which I don't disagree with. A pandemic is when there are multiple transmissions of, highly infectious, of a highly infectious agent in multiple regions of the globe. And yes, that is true. That doesn't mean you have to um, panic about it, uh, about a pandemic. Um, so far, there are only approximately 100 people in the U.S. who are infected 
I mean, yes, by the time you're listening to this, there is probably going to be uh, a higher number. It is going to gradually increase. And so far, there are six dead in the U.S. And again, maybe when you're hearing this, um, that will have increased as well. But um, that, you know, 100 uh, being infected and six dead uh, is really not anything to be panicky about. And I will compare it in a bit to the flu, which is not worse than um, corona, which is worse. I'm sorry, coronavirus is not worse than the flu. It's better than the flu. And yet Dr. Fauci was quoted as saying um, that it was worse than the flu. And he's saying that, I think perhaps, I'd like love to give him credit that he was misquoted, but it really doesn't seem that way. Um, he's saying that because the coronavirus is a new disease, um, and, you know, there are, no, there are no vaccines and no medications specifically targeted for it, that it is open, uh, has an open road to, to spread is what he was saying. Well, yeah, that's true, but so does the flu. <laughs> well, no, we have flu, flu shots, if you get that. And there, are, there have been medications uh, developed for it. But the flu, um, well, I'll give you this right now just to compare the two. Um, for, for coronavirus, there are approximately 90,000 cases worldwide, whereas with the flu... There are a billion cases worldwide. For the coronavirus, there are 100 in the U.S., as I said. For the flu, there are 9.3 to 45 million cases in the U.S. per year. Then, um, so far worldwide, there have been approximately 3,000 deaths from coronavirus, and there have been... Uh, 291,000 to 646,000 deaths worldwide from this flu season Um, or from a typical flu season. There have been six deaths in the U.S. so far from coronavirus. There have been, there are 12,000 to 61,000 deaths in the U.S. per year for the flu, per year. 12,000 to 61,000 deaths in the U.S. per year. Now, granted, the coronavirus has only recently arrived in the U.S., and there will undoubtedly be more who are affected by it and undoubtedly be more who die. But um, the death rate for the coronavirus is only 1% to 2%. Many people are saying 1%. And in fact, it may even be less because mild cases of coronavirus aren't counted. In other words, people may not go to the doctor if they're only having mild symptoms. So this is really being blown out of proportion. And why do I care? Why am I trying to talk to you about um, the coronavirus stress syndrome? Well, as many of you probably know, stress, causes a lot of problems in people. Um, It causes, first of all, it causes all kinds of, it can cause all kinds of physical illnesses from ulcers to high blood pressure to headaches to all kinds of, even to cancer. 
So stress itself is a very dangerous um, situation or, or condition to have. Now, you're probably thinking, yes, well, uh, most of America has been under stress and still is under stress from many things besides or before the coronavirus, and that is true. Um, one, particularly this election year and with all the, of the divisiveness in regard to uh, political parties, yes, we have all been under a lot of stress in America um, from that alone. And then individuals all over the world have personal stresses like um, family stress, relationship stress, um, work stress, all kinds of stress, economic stress. So, yes, all of these things before the coronavirus ever existed were uh, stressing people out to one degree or another. But now you add the coronavirus, a worldwide phenomenon. Um, so many countries all over the world, and that increase, increases daily, the number of countries where there has been at least one case and um, so now there's this additional stress. And one of the things that stress does, you know, this is why I'm talking to you about it today, the most important thing that stress does, besides cause all of these various physical ailments, is that it causes your immune system to decrease, to be less effective, to work, to become weaker. Well, what do you need when there's a coronavirus floating around? You need your immune system to be in top condition. So that's why if you are adding an additional stress and stressing out about coronavirus, um, you are doing yourself harm. You know, we know about the symptoms of coronavirus. It's a flu-like respiratory illness. It can cause fever, cough, and shortness of breath, but it also causes these this psychological symptoms, the, the coronavirus stress syndrome, in people who don't have it uh, because those are the people who are worrying about it. So I am going to be talking to you in a bit about the 10 symptoms of coronavirus, and if you have at least three of them, you have coronavirus stress syndrome. Um, I meant the 10 symptoms of coronavirus stress syndrome, and if you have at least three of them, you have it. <laughs> now, um, but before I tell you about that, let me give you some examples of panicked people, things that people are doing that's crazy. Uh, this, there is a man, an example, I'm sure he's not the only man, but there's a picture of the man in San Francisco wearing a face mask and rubber gloves, just out in the street, out and about, um, wearing, you know, protect, trying to protect himself. Now, of course, the CDC has said that it is not a good idea to wear a mask, that it isn't going to help you unless you are actually face-to-face -face with a coronavirus person, which is not likely to happen when you are just out and about. Um, other examples, a Costco in Oregon ran out of toilet paper, and the, one of the employees said, toilet paper is golden in an apocalypse. 
Then there were also uh, panic scenes in Costco's and other places like Hawaii. And someone there said, local health officials, officials told us not to panic buy and not to freak out. And that was enough to get us to go out and buy everything. Well, I hope my talking to you about corona stress syndrome is not going to have that effect. Um, and certainly by the end of the show, I think you'll realize how ridiculous and dangerous that is. And then we have another story of a man locking his wife in the bathroom. This is a man in Lithuania. He locked his wife in the bathroom because he was afraid that she was that she had um, the coronavirus. She didn't have any symptoms. But he found out that she had met a Chinese woman who had traveled to Italy, a Chinese woman who had traveled to Italy, (laughs) not to China. But Italy is one of the places where there are um, many, that is one of the places hardest hit. Um, So he, he said that he claimed that he called a doctor and the doctor told her that that was what he should do to put her in quarantine in the bathroom. Okay. Um, now, his wife, fortunately, had her cell phone with her, and she called the cops from the bathroom and asked for help. And they came, and she was tested for coronavirus. She didn't have it. And she declined to press charges against her husband, fortunately for her husband. And so far, there's only one confirmed case of coronavirus in Lithuania. Well, uh, we need to take a break now. When, when we come back, I'll tell you about some more crazy cases of people reacting to coronavirus. Uh, and then I'll give you the 10 symptoms of the coronavirus stress syndrome. And you can write them down and um, share them with your friends and uh, see whether you have three or more. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now. 1-866-472-5787. And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com 
These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And today I'm also putting on my host as a, um, as a, an MD, I mean psychiatrists are MDs, and as a, um, someone with a master's in public health, a recipient of an NIMH fellowship in epidemiology. And I have done, as I said, research on how to use the media to prevent and treat physical and mental disorders. And all of that combined to have um, uh, allowed me to formulate what I call the coronavirus stress test. So here are the 10 uh, symptoms of the coronavirus stress test or of coronavirus stress syndrome. The first one is anxiety. Anxiety that you suspect is related to the fear of catching coronavirus. Not just any old anxiety, but, you know, where you recognize that you might, in fact, be uh, fearful somewhat of coronavirus. Now, of course, if you're wearing a mask and gloves or going to um, stores like Costco and buying them out, (laughs) that's... uh, you know, that that would let you know that you have anxiety. But those, um, that's actually, well, let me continue. So that's number one, anxiety. Number two is obsession with news about coronavirus. That means watching, listening, or reading about it more than three hours a day. You know, you know that if this is you, if you keep the television on or keep the radio on or keep checking the internet or, or you know, any, any, um, any media outlet, uh, keep checking it to see where, um, well, that, well, this is the, okay, this is the next one, three, compulsion, to keep checking how many people have died or where the latest case is located. So if you, the second one is obsession, you just are obsessed with the news about it, all news about it, anything about it. And the third uh, symptom is a compulsion specifically to check how many people have died or where the latest case is located. In other words, how close to you. The fourth symptom is you avoid mixing with people, such as on public transportation or in malls or movie theaters. Now, I'm not suggesting that you go out and purposely, just for the hell of it, um, go into crowds. But if you, for example, are so afraid of being on public transportation that you don't go to work or um, if you, you know, just don't, don't go about your normal business, um, then that is an overreaction at this point. 
Five, avoiding all physical contact, from shaking hands to hugging or kissing. Now, um, there was a story about Queen Elizabeth who wore gloves because she was shaking hands with people. And I I think Queen Elizabeth, I think that's prudent that Queen Elizabeth is, um, is doing that, is wearing gloves. First of all, I think she usually wears gloves <laughs> just because that's, that's polite, you know, that is uh, ladylike and all. Um, so I'm not really sure it's just because of the coronavirus, but they got a picture of her wearing gloves and that's what they're saying that she's doing. But, you know, even if it was for the coronavirus, first of all, she shakes a lot of hands more than you or I do in an average day. And second of all, she is older and um, the coronavirus does um, is more is more serious when people who are older uh, catch it. Um, but for normal everyday people, the average person, um, you know, avoiding shaking hands, hugging, and kissing might be a little over the top. Now there is something that the people in Wuhan have come up with in Wuhan, China, the epicenter of coronavirus. Um, they came up with a fun thing, which, um, which, <laughs> which would be fun for you to do if you're not comfortable touching somebody else. Um, they call it the Wuhan shake, and it's where you shake, like, it's like shaking hands with your feet. In other words, instead of taking the person's hand, you touch their foot with your foot. And it's kind of fun, so yeah, I, that would be fun to do, and, and, uh, get everybody. I mean, the idea is the more people who can, um, who can take this, who can laugh at this gallows humor or what, or, you know, or not, um, the more people who can, who can, where that can, um, interrupt their stress, then that's great. Uh, number six of ordering in food and other necessities instead of shopping for them your usual way, or stockpiling more supplies than you could reasonably use. And that's, you know, the example that I gave you of people buying out all the toilet paper. Seven, calling in sick to work when you're not physically ill, or keeping your children home from school for fear of them catching coronavirus. Now, I don't I'm not talking about schools where there have been already um, some schools where uh, a child has been either she, they traveled to a place where coronavirus is very prevalent or they were someone in their family uh, traveled or has coronavirus. There have been instances where schools have been closed uh, and it's been reasonable because of somebody specifically being exposed to coronavirus. But just, you know, keeping your children home from school because you think they might, (laughs) there might be somebody there or in some way they might catch it is not reasonable. Crossing the street, number eight, crossing the street or taking other measures to avoid people who you think come from China, South Korea, Italy, Iran, or any other country that has a high number of cases, which is now also including Japan. So the problem with this is that there has been a lot of xenophobia, a lot of um, treating people who come from these countries, especially China. It started with China. I mean, it started with people being mean (laughs) 
to Chinese people and ostracizing them. Uh, there have been stories of kids, for example, bullying Chinese people, telling them, taunting them, saying that they have coronavirus and not wanting to go near them and, and even getting physical, you know, getting violent with them. I mean, this is really, really bad. Um, and the same thing with, you know, uh, and a lot of people can't really tell the difference between Asians, people so like Chinese, Chinese people, South Korean people, you know, um, just any Asian person is, is, getting, uh, is getting discriminated against. And then, of course, Italy and Iran, um, there was the woman who, uh, there was a woman who came, who traveled to Iran and came back to her, where she lives in New York. And um, she's the first case in New York, and that's kind of unfortunate because she didn't realize she had uh, coronavirus, and she may well have been spreading it to a large number of people. Uh, but that, you know, it's kind of like use common sense. Do you really need to go <laughs> to China, South Korea, Italy, Iran, or Japan at this particular moment? I mean, if you have a relative who is ill, a parent who is ill in one of these countries, and you want to see them, you think they're going to die, not necessarily a coronavirus, but just in general, you're worried about them. Um, and, and do you really have to, unless it's something like that, something urgent and, and serious, but do you, there's really no reason, I mean, yes, there are businessmen who travel to the business people <laughs> who travel to uh, these countries all the time. Um, but nowadays with Zoom and Skype and things like that, you don't necessarily have to travel to the country to do business. So um, I think we can all kind of help control the spread if we don't. First, I mean, you know, the most obvious and easiest thing is just, just don't go to these places for now. The number nine is wearing a mask. Um, as I said, the CDC said not to do that. Uh, I'll go into that a little bit in a minute. And um, if we, the average person does not need to wear a mask. A mask is primarily for people who have the coronavirus. And it's to prevent other people from um, their uh, droplets, you know, their uh, nasal or droplets or droplets from their mouth, uh, sputum droplets, and um, it's, it's to protect others. And then number 10 is the most extreme, uh, deciding to stay home until the pandemic has passed. In other words, saying to yourself, okay, there's coronavirus out there. I'm just going to stay home until it's gone. Now, you know, we don't know at this point how long um, it's going to, in the U.S., how long it's going to keep increasing. In China, they have started to report that um, the, the numbers falling ill with coronavirus have started to go down. So they seem to, by keeping people in quarantine, being really strict about all of that, they seem to be controlling it perhaps by, you know, to some degree, they've gotten it under control. Um, so, so those are the 10 symptoms of coronavirus stress syndrome. If you have three or more, that is, <laughs> that's what you got. <laughs> you, 
you, you have coronavirus stress syndrome. Now I'm going to tell you what you can do about it. Uh, now, I, a little caveat, first of all, there may come a time when some of these precautions that I just mentioned as being part of the stress syndrome, uh, some of these precautions may become necessary. But for now, uh, they're not. And if you, unless you are living in one of these high uh, coronavirus populated areas. So um, for now, becoming hysterical or having a panic attack about the possibility of catching coronavirus would do more harm than good. In other words, the more you panic, the more you decrease your immune system, which makes you more susceptible to catching coronavirus. It's, you know, paradoxical. It's uh, you're defeating um, what you're trying to do. So here are things you can do if you've... If you have three or more, or even if you have just a couple, and um, but you are beginning to feel coronavirus stress. So here are seven steps that you can take. First of all, calm yourself with stress relievers. Now, we've all heard about stress relievers for years, all different kinds of stress relievers, meditation, music, walks in nature, welcome a rescue pet, take in a pet. Um, I mean, I can and have listed uh, countless examples of stress relievers. Um, So just do one of them or or more than one every day. Then stay healthy by practicing the basics. Wash your hands a lot. Eat nutritious food. Take vitamins. Get enough sleep and exercise. These are the kinds of things that you should be doing all the time, really, to keep yourself physically healthy, and especially now, so that if the coronavirus comes anywhere near you, um, you're going to be strong. You're going to be able to fight it off. You're not going to succumb to it. And by succumb, I don't mean die. I mean get ill with it. Then um, third thing that you can do, is to avoid consuming fear-mongering news stories or associating with fear-mongering people. <coughs> no, I don't have coronavirus. <laughs> I did cough. Um, okay. Now, that's part of the thing. You know, the news stories, everybody, all the news outlets want you to tune into them or want you to read them, buy them, listen to them. So some of the headlines that they are coming out with are the ones that are the most scary because, you you know, if somebody is, if there's a headline that um, makes you feel like, oh, you got to listen to this because, you know, this is really serious or this is, um, this is really something dreadful that they're talking about that you better learn about to be worried about. So that is uh, only going to make your stress greater. And um, some of these stories, you know, they're individual kinds of stories or they're, and I was saying earlier, they're conflicting stories. Um, the, different, the different health departments are giving out conflicting recommendations. Uh, and, of course, fear-mongering people. You know you don't want to stay with, um, you don't want to hang out with people who are just going to increase your fear. Then the fourth thing you can do to, um, to help yourself if you have stress, coronavirus stress, 
is to strengthen your bonds with friends and family, especially those who you live with, because social supports are super important in terms of making you uh, more psychologically healthy. Then five, this is just a practical thing, visit your doctor for a checkup. Now, I'm sure you've heard that people who have underlying illnesses are more vulnerable to coronavirus. Um, people who have respiratory disease, for example, or people who have um, any kind of illness already makes them more vulnerable to being exposed to um, coronavirus and getting coronavirus. So if you visit your doctor for a checkup, you can find out if you have any of these underlying conditions, underlying illnesses or disorders, and you can get treated for it so that you're not a sitting duck for coronavirus. The sixth step is if your coronavirus stress syndrome feels out of control, seek psychotherapy. And then last but not least, the seventh step that you can take is to quietly envision a plan for accommodations you could make if the risk of coronavirus came closer to you, such as working from home. So if you make plans for things, you know, what you would do if uh, it really got serious where you are, then um, then you're not as stressed because you have this plan B um, for what you can do. A lot, a lot of businesses do let people, uh, you know, work from home. I mean, it all depends on your job, of course, but try see if you can figure out some way that you could work from home or some other way to or to not have to travel to these uh, countries where there is a lot of coronavirus, things like that. Um, So when we come back, we'll talk more about coronavirus, some more interesting uh, tidbits, and, um, and all of this, of course, is to help decrease your stress so that you are not... Uh, impairing your immune system so that you are not vulnerable to coronavirus. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com We're with you wherever. 
whatever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking today about why worrying about the coronavirus will make you sick and what to do about it make you sick, in other words, more vulnerable to catching coronavirus. Now, the seven steps that I just read um, were to were steps to help you um, calm your coronavirus stress syndrome. But now I'm going to tell you about um, steps that the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, recommend. These are more practical steps. My steps were I mean, my steps were practical too, but they were aimed at keeping you psychologically calmer. The CDC um, talks about uh, specific steps to take, also. But um, for example, and some of them are sort of obvious, but uh, the first one is to avoid close contact with people who are sick. Now, you know that would go for not only in case you if you happen to know someone who has uh, coronavirus, who hopefully are quarantined at this point. Um, But, you know, it also would go for uh, avoiding close contact with people who are sick with other communicable diseases. For the same reasons that I was talking about before, that you don't want to be sick with anything because that would make you more vulnerable to coronavirus. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Um, You probably have heard that. Stay home when you're sick. Cover your cough or sneeze with a tissue and then throw the tissue in the trash. Uh, Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects and surfaces using a regular household cleaning spray or wipe. So, um, in other words... You know, one of the recommendations, not here on the CDC, but that uh, I have I have come across, and that makes perfect sense, and I have been doing this, actually. I have been doing very little <laughs> um, to protect myself from it, and clearly I'm not worried about it. Um, but one thing I had, I, information I had come across that I think is useful, and that is if, you, if you're going to push an elevator button, or um, hold a railing, uh, you know, if you're walking down steps and there's a railing. It is, you, the, the key is you don't want to touch um, something that has coronavirus on it and then touch your face because um, your eyes, nose, and mouth, those are potential entryways for the coronavirus. So if you can use you know, your, the back of your hand or your elbow or some, something else to, um, if you have to call an elevator um, or, you know, or touch anything that lots of people are touching. 
that that does make sense. And, that, you know, that's really something that goes for the flu, the regular flu as well. These are not really, um, this is not brain surgery. I mean, this is rocket science. This is, you know, these are things that you are always recommended to do when it's flu season. So it's the same thing. Um, then let's see. Now, the CDC recommendations in regard to a face mask, the CDC doesn't recommend that people who are well wear a face mask uh, to supposedly, you know, to think that when you think that you're protecting yourself from coronavirus because face masks should only be used by people who have symptoms of coronavirus to help prevent the spread of the disease to others. That's what I was saying. Also, there need to be enough face masks for health workers and people who are taking care of someone in close settings. So, in other words, for doctors and nurses and other kinds of health workers and for people um, who are taking care of someone with coronavirus, maybe perhaps someone in quarantine or um, something, if you are, or these people who are really face-to-face, literally face-to-face with people with coronavirus, then they, um, they're bom- being bombarded by many different droplets, many more droplets than the average person would just walking, even walking through an airport. So um, it doesn't make sense to wear a face mask and um, that might, there might be, it, it might happen that there would be a shortage of face masks uh, when the health workers need them the most. Then, of course, um, wash your hands. I and mean, another key thing is to wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds, especially after going to the bathroom, before eating, and after blowing your nose, coughing, or sneezing. So any way in which you might be getting droplets of coronavirus on you. And if you don't have easy access to soap and water, then you can use a hand sanitizer. Um, and then, I mean, you know, it's just sort of a normal precaution in life to, especially in flu season, to, to, to do these things, to keep yourself healthy. Um, and, and the treatment for coronavirus, so far there's no specific antiviral medication for, that is, that is specific for coronavirus. So people who have coronavirus are treated with what's called supportive care. In other words, um, if they have a high fever, <clears throat> they are given medication to bring their fever down. Or if they have a cough, they're given cough medicine. If they have shortness of breath, um, you know, they're, they may be, uh, if it's really serious, they may be put on a nasal cannula of oxygen if they go to the hospital. So it's, it's you know, it's all supportive care. Um, they're working on a vaccine. I doubt that it's going to be ready in uh, very soon, I and mean, it takes time to develop a vaccine. But um, but those are the things that um, will be in the future. Now, one of the things I want to comment on, because it's really <laughs> making me angry, is um, the how some politicians have weaponized coronavirus as a way to go after Trump, as if somehow Trump caused coronavirus. Um, President Trump went on the air 
um, telling people to not to overreact, to keep calm. And, um, you know, of course, part of the thing, another um, impact of, of coronavirus stress is um, people, it really sent the um, stock market reeling. And that is, <laughs> is for the general, for, for uh, the average person, the general public, that could have more serious consequences than the risk of getting coronavirus. So the more frightened people are, the more that the stock market tanks. And then um, if we go into a recession, um, you know, then, then it's going to be a lot harder to treat people who have coronavirus, not to mention a lot of other problems that a recession will cause. So um, I can tell you that President Trump did not cause coronavirus, um, and he is correct in trying to tell people to keep calm. He's also at the same time, you know, um, in touch with all the uh, CDC, the WHO, and apparently Dr. Fauci is on the White House uh, committee as well to, to address the coronavirus. Vice President Pence has been put in charge of it. Vice President Pence is very level-headed, and I'm sure he is doing all he can to make sure that we um, do, you know, do what is possible with prevention and, and in terms of quarantine and so on. Now, I live in California where um, a lot of people were brought from China when it was first, you know, when it first came to public attention and um, the, the location was Wuhan, China, where it started, um, a lot of there were there were Americans who were there, and they were brought back to the U.S. I got really angry and started making a lot of tweets about how because at first the U.S. was only going to bring back around 200 people on one airplane, which did not seem and they were going to make people pay to go on that airplane. I mean, it was pretty pretty. It was like a theme from a bad a plot for a bad movie. You know, you could just see people running to the plane and not being allowed on because um, they didn't have money to pay for it. Now, I think in the end, well, first of all, in the end, they brought back more than 200. And, uh, and I think that they may have not made people pay for it after all. Um, I think that that probably, they probably realized how bad that was. Um, and so, so um, a lot of the people who were brought back from Wuhan were brought to California. They were brought to some other places too, but one of the places is fairly near me, but to where they're being kept in quarantine. And in fact, another place in California, not that near me, um, but there was another place where they wanted to put these people in quarantine um, in in a particular housing, in a, in a particular place that was near a particular city, and the whole city got uh, up in arms about it, you know, not in my backyard kind of thing. Uh, they were saying that it was too close to a city, a small city, a town, actually. Um, so, but um, what am I doing? I am not buying masks. I have not changed anything. Um, I do try to generally keep uh, good health practices. It doesn't always happen that I get enough sleep, <laughs> but um, because I have so much to do. 
but uh, I am not, you know, looking, um, checking every minute other than, other than because I have to talk about this. I, I guess I, I am checking on where the cases are and how many cases and how many people died. I am doing that, but it's for the purpose of being able to talk about this in the media and have the right numbers and so on. But um, I'm not looking at it for myself to become more worried about anything. I just want to close with um, something that Franklin Delano Roosevelt said, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt said in 1933, which was after the Great Depression. It was the worst year. The stock market crashed in 1929, but 1933 was the worst year of the Depression. And um, he said, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Now, I'm not saying that um, the coronavirus doesn't, doesn't cause symptoms, respiratory symptoms. We know that it does. But um, the death rate, as I said, is approximately 1%, and that's very low. And just to put this whole thing in perspective again, there are 12,000 to 61,000 deaths in the U.S. per year from the flu. I mean, isn't that an astonishing number? I never realized it was that high. An astonishing number. And why are we not hearing all kinds of news about the regular flu? I mean, we hear usually from year to year about getting a flu shot. You should get a flu shot. Um, and sometimes we hear about uh, people, someone dying if it's something sort of unusual. But for the most part, we just are familiar with the flu and not as frightened by it. But when you think about how many people die from it, it's really a very serious uh, problem. And yet, um, so far, only six people have died in the U.S. from that. And, um, and 3,000 cases approximately worldwide. And, I mean, not that that's anything to sneeze at. Get it? Sneeze at. <laughs> um, still... Uh, it just means that you should keep calm and not make yourself more vulnerable to coronavirus by weakening your immune system by having coronavirus stress syndrome. Thank you for listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I will be with you again next week. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.